Um, but pretty much so. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to edit it out. Hello, check, check. Hello. Hello. Who's there? <laughs> Hello. Did I win the hot sauce? <laughs> Did I win the hot sauce challenge? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hooray. We're here. We made it. We did make it. It's only 10 p.m. <laughs> only. That's all. Only 10 p.m. I never sleep, so this is like morning time for me. Oh, God. That's not true. <laughs> I woke up early this morning. Yeah, I know, because you woke me up. As I do. I'm going to call it 9.30 from Casey. As you do. Welcome to High Quality Nonsense, our sister-powered podcast about true revenge and creepy shit. Where we both sound the same and nobody knows who's supposed to go first. Mm -hmm. I'm Faith. I'm Casey. We're really happy you're here. So happy. Uh, you can find us across all social media platforms under at HQ Impostor. <clears throat> well, hold on. Don't, yeah, don't try and search that one. At HQN Podcast. That's Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram at HQN Podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have uh, a story or some feedback for us, you can email us at hqnpodcast at gmail.com. Good shit, good shit. Good shit, good shit. How are you? Ooh. I'm good. How was your day? It was good. I got to hang out with you all day. I was going to say, I was there, so. <laughs> I helped you clean your house. It was a pretty good day. Yeah, I have this weird inability to clean anything, apparently. This morning, Casey called me at 9.30, and she was like, what are you up to? What's going on? And I was like, I've got the day off. And Casey was like, oh, okay. And I was like, I have to do some laundry, and I have to like cook this chicken that's been in my fridge, yada, yada, yada. I was like, oh, I'm making my bed right now. And then she was like, okay, well, I have a few things to do, and like I'll come over there and pick you up, because David uh, used the car to go to work today. And... Uh, yeah, so I made my bed, and then I climbed in it, and then I took a nap for an hour and a half, and I woke up to Casey pounding on my door. Yeah. I initially, when I called her, I was going to bribe her with brownies because I really didn't want to leave the house, and I needed her to bring me things. <laughs> then she broke the news, and I said, well, I guess I'll have to leave my house anyways. Yep. Oh, and so when I arrived, Faith is all sleepy, and then I helped her clean mm -hmm. her house as she got ready. I made and coffee, and then Casey cleaned my apartment. Yep. Effortlessly. I, I did effortlessly. I just, it's like I looked down and then like I like padded out of the kitchen in bare feet in my pajamas and I was like, oh, you you cleaned everything. And yep. she like organized my dining room table and like put the cloth back on it and, well, and she looked folded at me. all the laundry that was on the couch. <laughs> she looked at me and she was like, wow, you're really good at this. And I'm like, and it only took me 15 minutes. It literally <laughs> took her like no time at and all. Like, and I'm Fate. still like... In my makeup from the day before, like sloppy bun all on the side of my head. I looked at her and I said, look at all the things that you could accomplish in one day. I know. She's and it only took a portion of my day. Fully dressed in the middle of my apartment. Like, well, look at this. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yep. <sighs> but that was my um, uh, dose of reality. I also enjoyed uh, driving my sister to, because as soon as we left here, we went to the local Asian market. Um, I think it's called Tallow Anchor. Anchor. It's A and I don't know. I left a review for it on Google. All I know is that I love that place. I mainly wanted to go there to get some fortune cookies and then 
also we encountered some dumplings. God, they were the they best were really dumplings. good. I was like, oh my god, Faith, I'm gonna get you some freaking dumplings. I know I we were dumplings. there, and and she was like, we should get sushi, and I was like, I just really don't like getting sushi to go. I just want to sit there. Well, and yeah, eat you my wanted sushi. sushi, so I was like, well, let's get sushi to go, and then Faith's like, well, I want to sit down. I'm like, well, I don't even want to be out in public. I know. So. Casey was like, I want to go home. Yeah, I want to get food and I want to go home. So we compromised and we ate dumplings. Yes. We Holy had, shit. We had barbecue pork dumpling, a pork and veggie dumpling, and then a chicken and veggie. The chicken and veggie was fire. Oh, my God. It fucking slaps, dude. Mm. Right around now, we'd be drawing things out of the bowl of nonsense, but uh, we're recording at my apartment today. There is no it's... nonsense, but I can, I have something that can fill that void. Oh, good. <laughs> and I'm really excited. Okay. Hold on. All right. Close your eyes. Okay. Do it. All right. I'm seeing you, so you can't fake it. Okay. Uh, my eyes are closed. Open and which one do you want? Oh my gosh. They're so cute. I got these cute little notebooks for oh, our podcast. Man. One of them kind of matches because it's kind of pink and it has cactuses. Oh my and gosh. then the other one is um, like watercolor and gold little splotches. They're just the cutest things I've ever seen in my life. I really like these. That's why you told me not to look in that bag. I thought it was because you had the fortune cookies in there and I was like, woo, big surprise. <laughs> I think I want the cactus one, but I feel like the the other ooh the cactus one has more cactuses on the back yes i kind of almost feel like i should have the watercolor one though because it almost like i feel like it suits me more but it also suits you really well and i'm not really good with decisions fuck they're both so cute you need to make a decision fuck. in the next <laughs> no 5 seconds I think everybody's counting. Oh my god! Everybody's counting. Oh my god! Hurry up! Uh, Which I, one? I want. Oh my god. I want that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she chose the watercolor-looking one. We'll take pictures and we'll show. It was going to be a mystery. Yes. <laughs> well, also, if you try to peel off that sticker and it ends up fucking it up, you can have the cactus one. You're so nice. I am. I think. But wait, there's more. <gasps> what? Do I have to close my eyes again? Yes, but we're going to share this one. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess you don't have to close your eyes. Okay. But yeah, I, All I, right. don't, I don't know. All right. She's reaching into her bag. Oh, something's coming out. Mm. <gasps> Holy shit, sissy. Remember, so me and Faith went into Forever 21 a while ago. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't that. I feel like it was last month. Was it last month? And they had like all. We went to the mall. They had like all 70s stuff, 70s colored things. And then there was this shawl jacket thing oh hanging my God, on it the was wall. So cute. And it is super cute. It's uh, like maroon and then burnt orange and like a red and a brown. And then there's like a deep blue on it. But it has a fur collar. Like a faux fur collar. Yes. And it's really cozy. And I walked in there with Sage the other day. And they had a huge sale where everything on the back wall was $7. Shout out to Seiji Poo. Shout out to Seiji Poo. So this was originally $37.90, which is very, it's a very fucking weird price. But I feel like everything there is a weird price. It is a really weird. Yeah, what's up with you, Forever 21? And then it went down to $7 freaking dollars. What? You yeah. weren't fucking kidding. I really need to go. I'm very poor, so we'll see how that goes. I was rich enough to spend $7 that day. <sighs> Where's my present? Oh, God. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, sissy. I I'm can't kidding. believe you got this. Oh, my God. I'm really nice. Oh, my God. I'm, you are really nice. I am so kind. Holy shit. I am so generous. You <laughs> <laughs> Praise me. <laughs> Thank you. You're the best. I'm the best. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I got the sticker off with no, like, bullshit on there. You're really good at that. 
I love it. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. You're a really pretty writer. Oh, thank you. Emotionally and literally physically the letters. I do pride myself on my handwriting. I know. While I was out doing absolute complete nonsense yeah as a child you were literally inside practicing your handwriting for years yeah i was a dork but i'm a fucking nerd i don't know i wish that i just sat in my room and secluded and practiced my handwriting like you literally wrote like a a a a b b b b in just like a very specific way until you've literally formulated your very very own unique handwriting i don't think i've ever seen anybody handwrite like that i'll take a picture of faith's handwriting too oh well i mean maybe not i don't know but you don't want anybody copying your handwriting no i have like other weird reasons for that i don't want anybody copying your signature well it's just okay this is i'm gonna sound like a total fucking weirdo right now (laughs) but here we go it's just that like if you give people like samples of your handwriting because there's so much personality that goes into your handwriting that it kind of like it's almost like your handwriting is like connected to your characteristics and like parts of your soul so if it lands in like the wrong hands you know and they have ill will towards you and they're able to like make that connection with your handwriting like through your handwriting to you it's like bad news who wants a vial of faith's blood? Fuck. Because <laughs> I mean, at this point, handwriting's out know. of the question. <laughs> Who wants all my hair out of my brush? <laughs> the sky's the limit of connecting to faith. Apparently. What are you looking at? There's like literally a note tacked onto your wall hiding behind the curtain. Oh, shit. Okay, so here's some more weird <laughs> shit about me. There's one over here, too. Do you have like wards in your house? Uh, yes and no. And Wait. what are these black candles? They're just black candles. <gasps> My sister's a wizard. Um, is that another one above the door? Wait, yeah. What is that? Is it? No, no, no. I thought you were. I thought David moved it, but no. I have one here. If you look right there, uh, in the corner of the cork board, and then there's one like. Behind those curtains over there. And then there's I'm one right here. Here we go. She's inspecting everything. So you have a, a east, west, north, south? Yeah, I have little... Um, north has a leaf on it. East has a fart mark on it. It is not a fart mark. West is right here on what the does it have? wall, of course. It's got a little raindrop on it. Mm-hmm. And, and then south is, over- south is a little flame. It's got a little flame on it. Mm-hmm. Avatar. <laughs> I left my my what cast iron Airbender. and my rocks at your house, but I've got some some other things upstairs, and you know, nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, I need to find my other cast iron because it's got like a thing in it that I should probably get rid of. Okay. If you guys can hear the dryer, then I'm sorry. You'll probably hear the timer go off at some point too. <laughs> <laughs> But it's got towels in it, and we need those for the morning. <laughs> yeah, it has towels. Towels in it. Towels in it. Uh, you went towels. Towels. Oh, Bad. no. Towels. <laughs> towels in it. It's okay. I say toilet paper. It's true. Toilet. Palo. It, I don't know. It sounds weird being like, honey, can you get me some toilet paper? Toilet. I don't know. Toilet paper. Turlet. Can you get me some toilet paper? Turlet paper. I don't. I don't say turlet. Turlet. Mm. <laughs> That's like 
my like my name for like uh any like trailer trash couple is like Billy and Turlene. <laughs> Turlene. Turlene. <laughs> Turlene. Hey, what Turlene. Was that wheezy laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um real quick, I want to go over a thing. I just want to I just want to sneak it in real quick. It'll take like 2 seconds. Okay. All right, so we love doing this podcast, and we're so excited to finally have it up and running. We chose to host our feed with Anchor.fm, which is an amazing free platform that can match you up with sponsors, and it also allows listeners to donate through Stripe. If you go to anchor.fm slash HQN podcast, you can find the listener support button, and you can submit donations that go towards improving the broadcast, as well as get us started on the road to producing actual merch and perks for you guys. All supporters get a special mention and message on the show. And a personal thank you note from Casey and me. Uh, hopefully down the road, like we said, we'll be able to uh, provide you guys with some like actual perks. I know that we have ideas for content. We have, of course, talked about the long lost first episode. We're thinking about getting an ambient microphone so you guys can listen to us do game night. We love playing Cards Against Humanity. We're getting this uh, new game called Awkward Storyteller, which should be fun. So if you guys enjoy our pod, our bird, your podcast, <clears throat> if you guys enjoy our podcast, then, you know, any support, of course, is like super appreciated. We are just starting out and uh, we're just hoping that we can get you guys better content. Uh, spend more time doing this. I'm really excited for any kind of merchandise. Yeah. I have all sorts of ideas for designs and for um, like patches, pins, buttons, bags, coffee mugs. Right. Just you name it. Yeah. I want it. I want to get it to you. <laughs> yeah. We're currently discussing doing homemade patches. Homemade patches because we both used to be pretty crafty with our... Uh, I wonder if they still sell those, though. You know, like the uh, plastic overhead projector sheets that you could, like, print on? Yes. And it was just, like, sheets of plastic. So we would get those, and we would, like... Cut out stencils. Cut out stencils with them, and then just, like, use, like, a sponge and some fabric paint and, like, sponge, sponge, sponge. Yep. But now I'm, like, the last time I did that was, like, in 2008. And now I'm, like, do they even fucking sell, like overhead projector sheets anymore because that's they, what i used to get like, i'm sure they home, do at not home depot but at like office depot i'm sure they do i mean i hope so well i mean i'm they I, they sell something that's similar or the equivalent because it's like sheets that you would lay over something else to draw a dry erase marker on right they'll have it i hope so yeah like i said we're just uh we're just trying to get good shit going for you good shit Good shit. <laughs> so? So. Who wants to go first? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I suppose I could since I, I did not last time. Uh, you could. That's true. My tablet's dying. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hold on. Well, and let me go if... grab you a charger. Okay. Okay. All right. I have here one high quality charger. <laughs> it works great. Hooray. Alrighty, my story, yes, is, yes, about, yes, and also there's two pronunciations that I've heard of. <laughs> there's two pronunciations that I heard of is Poveglia and Povelia Island. It's um, I think we should go with Povelia. Now that you said that, it's probably gonna be fucking with my head. I'm gonna go Povelia. <laughs> So, P- 
Oh, wow. That was fast. <laughs> that was unexpected, but also expected, if that makes sense. I mean, we did foretell that. I, I knew that it was going to fuck up. And also, Faith's a wizard, apparently. So they say <laughs> either that or she's an idiot. She needs little notes that <laughs> remind her where Northeast, West are. I need to honor the directions. <laughs> Honor the directions. Anyways, Pavelli Island essentially is a small island right outside of Venice mm-hmm. in Italy. It has a horrible, long, terrible history and is claimed to be like one of the most haunted places in the world. Yeah. Because horrible, horrible shit has happened there. There's a couple small islands, but I think collectively... There's over a hundred and like, and this is just an estimate. It could even be mm. more, but over 160,000 people are buried Holy on just shit. like these three islands. Holy shit. And Pavalia being like one of the most like overloaded places right. that they had. So the layout of Pavalia Island, and I forgot to kind of look up the size estimate. Oh shit. I know it's not, it's not like that gigantic. It's not, you know, flipping huge. Like, I know that you can explore the entire island in one day. Yeah. Well, that's got to be small then. Yeah. It's not gigantic, but it's, let's just say it's big enough to hold like hundreds of people at once. And you'll find out why I mentioned that. On the layout of Pavalia Island, and I'm going to post a picture of like an overhead view of Pavalia Island. The markings will show like where's where and what's what and all of that. Um, There is... A portion that's off to the side where there's a little canal that kind of separates a little part of the island from the other part. It's called the Burning Grounds. Whoa. Yeah. That's... I'll I'll get into this. I just wanted to do the layout Holy so shit. everybody can picture it as I explain what happens here. The small canal that kind of separates them, there's a little bridge that goes across there. And from the bridge, it takes you to the rest of the island that has a church, a hospital, a prison, like regular housing, and then the insane asylum, and then what they call the plague field. Fuck. I believe that the plague field is also where they would just dump bodies in mass graves. Right. Near the housing, like if you go out into the water a little bit, there's a... You'll see the small like octagon type of island formation that was a fort. Like it was a military outpost, I believe, in like the 1700s. Somewhere in there, I think 1750s. I think what I remember reading, there's a couple different mixed reviews, not Mm. reviews, but mixed stories. Most mentioned was like that it was like controlled by Napoleon Bonaparte at one point. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't really have to do with a lot of what we're going to get into. No bony and pull apart. (laughs) Me and Faith were talking about starting our own uh, chicken wing company. Yeah. (laughs) No bony and pull apart chicken. Boneless chicken wings. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, um, so the history of this place, and Faith is Faith can fully chime in on this. Yeah. So here's the thing about the geography of it, too, is that it's in the Venetian Lagoon. So the city of Venice is pretty renowned for being like... Lagoony. On, no, like on the water. <laughs> it is pretty lagoony because it's got a lot of like rivers and like streams and like everybody i think when they think of venice they think of like the venetian gondolas and like which are boats yes they're boats how people are able to you know they they go down the street by boat and it's got all these waterways and everything pavalia island 
I think initially when I heard about this island, I thought it was like really remote, like way out to sea, but it's literally just like if you took a paddle boat, you could be there in five minutes. Yeah. It's like a mile outside of it, like Venice. It's in the lagoon, which is it's seawater, but it's only like this little shallow like inlet. It's yeah. just like it's just like a larger version of like a tide pool at the at the beach, you know? Like if you're in the Pacific Northwest and you think of like an island, think of going from like on the Oregon side of the Columbia River, that beach area, and then going over to Government Island. Yeah. I mean it's like, like it's that, a little bit further out that, than that, but it's but it's but very you get the general idea. Like proximity. you can see like you can see the details of the building just by like looking across. Right. So it's like, like it's right there. It's it's like perfectly inhabitable. It's not like people don't go there because it's hard to reach. It's literally people don't go there because it's so fucking like saturated with negativity and this horrendous history. Just like all of these like horrific things that have happened to it. And it's like I said, it's not like you can see it from the island of Lido, uh, which is also right outside of Venice. Or I think Lido is on the mainland. I'm not sure. But you can yeah. see it from like the shore. You can like look out and look at the island in its entirety. It's just this it's like close haunted by. island, really close yeah, by and, Venice. And the locals, they don't like talking about it. They never visit it. All of them are convinced that it's cursed. Nobody goes there. Yeah. Nobody well, touches it. It's come to the point that uh, because it's got like dilapidated buildings and it, they made it illegal to visit the island. Right. Basically, like you can't visit the island unless you're on like government business or special permission or special permission. Okay. So going into the history... We're going to touch base because this it's mostly known for this and mainly right. this is the bubonic plague. Yep. You know, going from and keep in mind, like the bubonic plague had it wasn't just like one singular event. There was one massive event. But in Venice and then this area, there was multiple events going from like and I didn't even know that this was a time, but it's 864 CE. Right. All the way over to like the 1790s or some say that it's like it was finalized that it was over in the 1800s. Right. So the bubonic plague uh, spread by rats and fleas. So and then people and then yeah. And then the people uh, gave it to each other. Circle, circle, dot, dot. Actually, no, it's ring around the rosy. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, ring around the rosy is the one about the black. Death. I know. So the bubonic plague had three pandemics. The first one being in Roman times, the second one being the most prolific, basically wiped out a third of the European population. And of course, Italy and Venice were a part of that as well. And then there was the third pandemic. But in the like, in the meantime, there were smaller outbreaks in France and Italy. That has to do with this story. So right. it's basically this island has gone through like wave after wave of the bubonic plague. Right. Mainly the story at first touches base on the plague that started in Italy in 1347 and spread to Venice by 1348, like it literally making its way, spreading and spreading like across Italy, across Italy, and then killing roughly half the Venetian population. And at this point, the Venetians were like, well, this is weird because, you know, back then in the 1300s, they don't exactly know how germs work. But they gathered enough knowledge right. to know, like, okay, we need to get these people away from us. Yeah. Like, they've kind of understood, like, how people are getting infected and being around the dead and this and that. So they formed an idea of going, you know what? Hey, let's just start carting all of our dead and all of these people that are sick. And didn't matter if you were a peasant, homeless, or nobility. 
if you showed signs of the plague, they were gone. Yeah, they would scoop you up, put you on a boat and ship you over to this place. Mainly what they what would then happen is that like people were dying out in the streets rapidly to the point where like even like the church's graveyards couldn't even handle that much death and burying that many people. So what they would do is create these giant mass graves on these islands. Holy shit. Mainly Pavalia was like the closest one and that's why it got hit the hardest. They would just cart their people there to die or if they were already dead. Um, They would just nonstop work day and night carting their dead to these pits, dumping them. And it came to a point where they would even see the people that were on the brink of death, like clinging on and they were so ill that they couldn't walk or talk. And they would just dump them in the mass grave as well. Oh, God. And then once those were full, then they just began burning the bodies. Oh, shit. Yeah. So they were like, you're on your way out anyway. Just Mm -hmm. die in here. Right. And this, again, this continued from like timeline of 864 CE all the way to the 1970s or even the 1800s. So imagine how many bodies and how many people died. The 1770s, you mean? Yeah. Well, it says 1790s. Oh, okay. So I just, oh, that's why you said 1970. <laughs> oh, I did, didn't Whoops. I? Man. I was like, that's recent. <laughs> I didn't know once they had it, the plague. <laughs> once it hit about the 1400s, because a lot of ships would come in to do trade with Venice. So they created what is called um, Lazarettos. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. It sounds right. I saw the spelling. It sounds like the correct pronunciation. Woohoo, I did it. But the ships, at that point, they had mandatory rules for anybody that wanted to do trade is that the ships had to stop at these places and then undergo a very meticulous evaluation, like a medical evaluation as, you know, as meticulous as, as, as much as you could, as much as you could in the 1400s. Taking a look, being like, no, nope, you're a lot of sweaty, you don't have any, you know, if you don't have any boils on you, then you're probably okay to go. Um, anybody that did show any signs of being ill or infection they were then put up into a room in one of these buildings in the housing or the hospital itself. They were given food, drink, and pretty much so just made comfortable for their entire stay of just being there right. and hanging out for the evaluation. They had to stay there for 40 days. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, which kind of coined the term quarantine. Because I guess which uh, derived from the duration the travelers were required to stay at the Lazaretto before they could be issued a clean bill of health. Right. And continued their way, which is 40 days, which is Quaranta Giorni or Giorni. Hold on. I have the spelling right here if you want it. Google will tell me. Quaranta Giorni. Giorni? Giorni. Yeah. Quaranta Giorni. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Anytime. You blessed me. <laughs> <laughs> but mainly, Povelia just so happened to be the island that got the lot of them. But they were excavating to make way for like a museum. Oh. And they ended up finding and ungraving in one of the mass graves. Oh, fuck. And I'm going to post a picture that I, I saw. It. it was terrifying. It's pretty much so like a thin. I, I mean, I pictured like a a bigger hole in the ground yeah. in the ground but instead it was like these thin really deep like troughs like trenches yeah they like built trenches but they actually accidentally unearthed what they claim or estimate to be over 1500 plague victims in just one mass grave Jesus, just one of them so like the bones are never ending they even found something they are calling a vampire 
Ooh. or what like the locals back then would have believed to be a vampire. The way that you can tell that the locals thought it was a vampire mm-hmm. is that there was a giant brick or a rock shoved in between its teeth. Holy shit. So the reason why they thought that it was a vampire is that occasionally if they couldn't dig more trenches, they had to unearth some of the freshly buried mass <gasps> graves to make way for more bodies. Oh my god. But as they were un like unearthing, they would sometimes find oh, they would also called vampires uh shroud eaters. Oh, which is route eaters yeah because what they would do also before they would cart people away to yeah. mass graves they would they put shrouds of their heads wrapped in a shroud yeah. yeah so that they wouldn't spread death shroud yeah. yes so when they unearthed these vampires quote-unquote right because some of the bodies if they were fresher they would be extremely bloated and blood would be coming out of their mouth oh there would be a, mysteriously a hole missing around the mouth part of the shroud whoa yeah, so they immediately thought like, oh, this guy is still alive somehow and he's drinking blood and he's eating. Let's shove a rock in its mouth and bury it back so it can't, you know, drink yeah. any more blood or do anything. Technically, what was really happening, the decomposing body would then bloat and of course the blood would come out and all the gross stuff that happens to a dead body. Yeah. And the bacteria and everything would eat away at the hole by the, the mouth. Yeah, the hole by the right. mouth. So mm-hmm. I thought that was just a... I'm not even going to try to say fun fact because that's not fun at all. Holy that's shit. Just, that's just gross. Yeah. And just in the plague alone, and I keep I keep getting gobsmacked by the amount of souls that were that died from this. And then as well as like people that are possibly buried on Pavelia Island. But they claimed that in, in 1576 alone, that plague claimed over 50,000 people in Venice, which actually happens to be close to the population of what it is today. What? Yeah. <laughs> which I want to double check that. Oh, Faith is going to check. Do I'm going to fact check you. Do it, Faith. I mean, it has to like roughly be around that, right? Venice is a large place. I have to distinguish between Venice, California. Wow, sissy, you were way off. <laughs> what is it? It's 270,963 people as of 2002. But is it like Venice? And, I think what or I... Or no, as I of thi- 2017, it's 261,905. I think what I was reading is like literally the town right off of Povelia. Like oh, right next like Lido? Yeah, probably. Well, I'm a fool. You're wrong. <laughs> But overall, because a lot of people are like, wow, you know, 160,000, that's kind of insane. But if you think about it and you think about how many lives were lost and how many people were buried, even on Pavalia, let alone that other Lazaretto that they found, uh, it would be kind of hard not to believe that this place is haunted or holds some sort of negative energy. I will say just going from there on forward, like it eventually stopped being a plague ridden island. Well, yeah. Because we got to control the plague. Right, exactly. We figured out and how even, that works. And I thought it was kind of funny because even throughout like the plague and the times where like the plague would die down, the lord of the land was trying to like make it habitable and he tried giving it to these monks and even these monks are like, uh, fucking no thank you. I don't oh, want right. to live there. Tried having just anybody buy it or live on it and everybody's just like, nope. No, thank you. Yeah, I nope. remember you telling me that they tried to give it to, like, the original descendants of the people that lived on Povelia, mm-hmm. and the descendants were like, you fucked it up. No. We don't want that. Hell no. <laughs> it's like, 
though i know that those were ours but now it's sloppy seconds we don't want that yeah we don't want that at all like it's terrible i i wouldn't want that i wouldn't want it i i don't even know it's just like if if my home was taken away and somebody i don't know say fifty thousand people died in it and then yeah a couple years later people are like hey you want your home back i'd be like Mm-mm. it's fine keep it you Mm-mm. keep that you keep it that's yours now right not to mention that the skulls and the remains and everything are still in that earth Fuck. Mm. more in modern times the local government i believe it was in 2014 they tried making money by selling it but they only got a bid of seven hundred and four thousand dollars <laughs> not even a full like yeah, three quarters of a million like, like nobody would touch it not even oh god Nobody would touch it. They're just like, and no, we're not going to sell. I guess we're going to close it. And what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that happened besides the plague in the 1920s, around 1922, the existing buildings on the island were then converted into like a hospital for like long term care and the mentally ill, a.k.a. another dumping ground, except this time it was for the living. Because you can imagine that in the 1920s moving forward. I if, was just going to say, if mental were, institutions in the 1920s always end well. It's fine. It's fine. It's totally okay. I mean, if a woman was just moody because she was on her period, she's crazy. Those stories always have a happy ending, right? Absolutely. So with insane asylums, mental hospitals, what have you in the 1920s, like I said, if if you're a lady just on your period and you're grumpy and you give your husband guff or one too many guffs. And he's like, that's enough guffs. I don't want any more guffs out of you. <laughs> Off and to Guff Island. And then she went, guff, guff, guff. Then he goes, all right, you're going to Pavalia. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. So it's pretty much. So what they would pretty much. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Just a quick note, guys. Like <laughs> when we edit these, we get rid of filler noises like ums and ahs. And Casey has this issue with pretty much those. <sighs> so. <laughs> We all have our problems. And I'm trying my best. Okay. I believe in you. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. the insane asylum. Right. Back in the 1920s, some were admitted for actually being insane. Others were m- just moody family members and or wives that people didn't want to deal with anymore. So they would just dump them there. <laughs> so they just got basically mixed in with all of the people who actually were criminally insane. Absolutely. Holy shit. Yeah, that would suck. With the previous history of the plague victims, patients would claim to see and hear spirits screaming and roaming the hospital grounds. And of course, with the patient's mental capacity, the doctors and nurses never believed them. The rumor goes that one of the doctors that ran the institution would torture and kill his patients, but other versions that I find more believable, they say that this doctor would practice experiments on his patients to find a cure for mental illnesses. And this is not necessarily too far-fetched, seeing as how from the 1920s and even up until like the 1970s, doctors had been experimenting with electroshock therapy and even lobotomies, you know, you name it, they were trying everything. Yeah, I read in some of your notes, the uh, doctor in question was like a really big fan of just lobotomizing everybody. Yeah. What lobotomies are and how they were traditionally performed in that time was basically separating the two halves of your brain like you you basically you kept all your motor functions and the things that like kept you alive but it would completely like erase your personality because your brain basically couldn't communicate with itself anymore so the way they did that typically was with like 
a long ice pick needle yeah like a long ice pick needle looking thing and they would go through the corner of the eye and basically use a hammer to drive it through the connection of the two halves of your brain and so this doctor was from what i read really fond of just doing that to anybody who he could basically get his hands on because he thought that he was truly treating these people right and then there's another story of a guy like that. Oh, there's so many stories. What, on this island? No. Oh, no, I'm just oh, saying fuck. in general. I was like, God damn. Because dear Lord. Yeah, doctors have been experimenting like all sorts of things, even from the 1920s to 1970s. I believe that story a lot more than just some dude that's just going to torture and kill everybody. I mean, it's which possible. It's also almost the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, whether or not he was doing it to help them he was still basically torturing people yeah exactly it's said that the doctors had killed or the doctor himself had killed many patients over the years adding to the body count of pavelia island the doctor's death was said to be of his own taking as well they stayed the doctor went mad in the 1930s with guilt and threw himself off the bell tower that was a part of the institution however there are other theories stating mm-hmm. that he had been brought up there by patients and thrown off, which I kind of believe that as well. I wouldn't doubt that. It comes to a point or where... Or he fucking was up there and a ghost pushed him. Or that. The ghost is just like, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, like, if I had the capabilities of killing my murderer... Oh, I'd be all about by that. By pushing them off a bell tower. I'd as be a doing ghost. it. I'd be doing it in a hot second. I mean, what ghost could resist? Right. Exactly. I actually almost wonder, though, because they say that he went mad. I almost wonder if the doctor knew that he was going mad and he was desperately trying to find a cure for himself over the years at others' expense. Locals even say that... Yeah, legend has it because, again, the island's not that far away, but you can still hear, like, the bell chime just every once in a while, just by itself when nobody's on the island. I wonder if you can hear it, like... Like offshore. No, that's what what they say. Is like offshore, you can hear it go ding. Oh, fuck. And kind of echo and go across the water. (laughs) Yeah. I, oh, (laughs) right. I just imagine like (laughs) being in Italy. Like, I imagine, just, like, you're I imagine enjoying like having your a waterfront, day. like a waterfront <laughs> resort, you know, and you're running this resort and you've got tourists out on the balcony, like overlooking the lagoon. And all of a sudden they just start hearing this bell go across the water and they're like, oh, how romantic. And meanwhile, you're just like, oh, fuck, go back inside. Blech. So it's either the, oh, you know what? And it can't be a bird or anything because... The bell tower, the upper part of it, mm-hmm. had been bricked off. Fuck. So something's hitting it pretty damn hard for it to echo. Because I was thinking to myself, like, well, what if it's just a stupid bird that gone too fast and he didn't look out for the bell and he just whacked it? There goes another bird. But <laughs> no, be a it's, pretty big bird. It's bricked too. off. <laughs> it's. Oh, here we are. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> So another thing that I had put in here is ghostly encounters. Yes. Because, of course, I just wanted to tell you the history of it to bring you up to the juicy stuff. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that a lot of these, like, if you gain access, it's hard enough to go there because all the locals, you ask about it, they'll just refuse. They won't talk to you. They'll walk away. It's hard to find even access to the island, find any boaters that are willing to go there. There's probably like some crazy American in Venice that's like, 
Yeah, I'll take you to the island. I've been there a couple times myself. <laughs> but yeah, so it's and it's played by Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture him wearing like a striped shirt, one of those hats, and <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm picturing Jack Black <laughs> in blue, like, <laughs> in like a really really tight black and white striped With shirt, tiny chiclet teeth, and a little a little red kerchief around his neck. <laughs> He's I, like, I I'll take you to the island. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why he's even here. Go away. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why are you get here? out of here? Get out of here. Get out, Jack Black. You were saying? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I think I might be having a blonde moment. I think you're thinking Jack of- Black from the White Stripes. Oh, sis. Oh my God, you were talking about Jack you're Black. Thinking like about Jack White. Why would you think about? I said Jack Black. I know Jack Black. Like Jack School White. Of Rock. I know, but when you said when when you said Jack Black, I immediately thought of jack white that literally wears those hats and striped shirts very often that actually would be so that's who i immediately thought of oh my god uh but anyway (laughs) i so i paused the recording to like look at casey and i was just like hey can you like make sure that you're extra creepy and like not and then you deliver that and then and then as soon as i hit record like we just immediately begin talking about jack black and jack white and then things just really devolved from i there. think it's mainly because of so much death and horrible history that happened in this place and i read about I to I, my my soul literally is hurting so that was welcomed oh my god so creepy fact really quick just to get us back into it yeah something that i read is that on the island grapes grow really well Oh, no, I read about this, too. I forgot to put it in there. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Ew. Grapes grow really well on the island. And uh, the main reason people will visit the island is to basically harvest the grapes. To make The wine. reason the grapes grow so well is because they say up to 50% of the soil is human ashes on Povelia. So all these burn fields are, like, covered in grapevines. Yeah, and some of, and some of the vineyards and, are actually on top of the mass graves. People go and, like, harvest the grapes because they're trying to utilize the island not the buildings but just the island in general oh so up to 50 percent human ash i'm actually almost wondering if like how can you tell what what wine is being made out of yeah that? i was just gonna say can you buy wine that grows like that grows from, from grapes from prov- blah, blah, blah. can Povelia? you buy wine that is made from grapes that come from Povelia Island. Jordan, find that out for us. Yeah, Jordan, look that up. <laughs> find us that Povelia wine. <laughs> that's just terrible. Okay, so back to, yeah, it's hard enough finding anybody that's going to take you there. If you do, you would just end up paying a bunch of money because I have heard of boaters that will have that have motorized boats. They'll even feed you a picnic on the boat and everything, take you to the different islands and just, it, it, it is expensive. Yeah. To take you there. Most of the time, it is paranormal investigators or ghost hunters or whatever you want to call them or just creepy tor- tourists. Yeah, creepy tourists. That would be us. So essentially, those people who have found a way to get there mm. stated they have experienced horrible and ghastly encounters that Ooh. made them... Let's just say if you're not a believer in ghosts and you go there, you will believe in ghosts. You will return a believer. Yeah fuck so like paranormal investigators ghost hunters visitors alike stated that they experienced going in certain parts like the area that the doctor would perform surgeries mm-hmm. they would be scratched and or feel shoves or they would find like physical large scratch marks 
that draw blood. They would. So they're actually like drawing blood. Yeah. They're actually like they're real like gouging scratch marks. Yeah. Like you get scratched. Some of them would just be like those light red burning scratch marks oh or full on gouges. They feel like, oh, like my arm hurts and there'd be giant bruising that just starts forming. Whoa. The one thing that I do not like in certain hallways, you would then experience like something chasing you, but you wouldn't hear the footsteps. You would just hear screams (gasps) like coming quickly towards you. Like the screams getting louder. Like it's something that's flying down the hallway getting towards you. So you'd be chased by screams or loud moans. But not and, footsteps. But not footsteps. So it's just this disembodied scream, like that's chasing you, coming in volume. at you. I seriously got goosebumps so bad that I just felt my eyebrows, like, <laughs> yeah, my eyebrows like bushed up. I just, I imagine like a high pitched shrill scream. Yeah, just like um, imagine uh, something just flying towards you and you feel wind coming at you. Just flying towards you. I did, that's all I can think of when I was reading this. Again, you can hear moans, screams, disembodied voices like throughout the halls in the hospital area. Uh, I just got those goosebumps that like go down your scalp. And the heater's I, on like full blast right now, but I'm like, I can't it, make myself small enough. I get them on my legs. Oh, God. Mainly my legs. If you get the, if you get the butt, then you know... Then you know it's good. <laughs> when your butt tingles, it's real creepy. <laughs> it's real creepy. So you would experience this like coming down hallways. Uh, you would experience scratches, bruises. Um, another thing is when people are trying to go up or downstairs, they will experience being shoved. <gasps> I did not find any reports that people actually fell down the stairs. But imagine if we were going down the stairs and I get shoved and I'm in front of you. I turn around and be like, bitch, what are you doing? What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, I imagine that that's pretty much so what happens. And people are like, I didn't do that. But then there would be like a red mark or like a welt or a bruise that shows up where they felt like they were being shoved. Even if it's like a light shove, there'd be a massive bruise like appearing. Right. You know, the next day. Well, and it's like, the thing is that like when I imagine being shoved downstairs, I'm thinking of... Like if I were coming down like my apartment stairs and they're carpeted and there's a handrail and shit like that. But like I these was stairs were looking stairs at the pictures are like metal and wrapping around and spiraling. They're like stone and metal steps. And who knows if there was a handrail and these spirits are literally shoving people as they're already going down the stairs. That's got to be the most terrifying thing especially if like you know no one's behind you or the person behind you is like so far back that they couldn't have pushed you to turn around and see like nothing right and keep in mind just the scenery of this place the walls are molding green the, it's a super old decrepit building paints peeling off there's just vines growing in the windows some of the rooms aren't even accessible because of the foliage that has grown in there going through old rooms there are still like old bed frames old operating tables going into like a washing room like there is literally like one of the first like i guess electrical mechanical like washing machines that you can find like it's just like an open face drum right that i'm assuming just kind of spun as you like push the clothes in right so like it still has a bunch of stuff and then there's also another room that looks like it contains a a furnace for bodies <gasps> like a crematorium yeah oh my god that's what it like that's what it looks like 
I don't doubt it. Since I, it was a hospital and then they went from burning bodies in a field. They had to burn reel it back in a little bit. And then, else. Yeah, burn the bodies somewhere else. Oh my God. <sighs> yeah. Because I mean, imagine anybody that was in the mental hospital that died. They couldn't just like dig a hole because guaranteed any hole that you dig outside, there's going to be... There's already somebody there's there. There's already a bunch of bodies there. There's already... Yeah. So at that point, then they were just burning them again so they're okay so they're cremating people but they're actually but they're actually cremating people they're not just like yeah they're not just yeah, yeah they're cremating they're people. not just sort of setting them on fire and you know and then it's just a charred pile of bones right exactly <sighs> so people are getting chased by disembodied screams and moans um, they're being pushed and shoved against walls getting shoved on the stairs and then having markings on their skin where they felt the connection or the contact. Some state that they hear echoes of like running footsteps up or down the bell tower, like where the doctor killed himself or had been murdered. And they would say that they would see apparitions of spirits ranging from like little children to old women and men. Um, some see them wearing like peasant type clothing. I don't know clothing that you would see somebody wearing in the 1400s or 1500s. I mean, whatever that was. Yeah, I, 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 rags. I, yeah, I apparently a sackcloth. I don't know. I don't know. I literally wrote down. I don't know what the fuck that looks like, but it sounds creepy to me. Yeah. Um, other operations of sorts that you can see them wearing old like hospital gowns. Um, some report that they even feel like little children hands trying to hold theirs because keep in mind <sighs> back in the day like they didn't give a shit if you were a kid and you had the plague they didn't just let you stay at home they would take you away just like everybody else yeah which makes me really sad yeah that is um, sad that is very sad those are child ghosts that i would probably believe they were actually children and not not demons yeah yeah ditto so overall, the one thing, like, even if you don't see or hear these screams, the one feeling that everybody guarantees that they have, whether you be a visitor, tourist, uh, local, or paranormal investigator, ghost hunter, whoever, they all feel the overwhelming sensation of somebody watching them being right behind them the entire time or surrounding their entire being. Like, imagine, like, a dark spirit or energy just engulfing you fuck i just imagine like an entire giant black mist literally engulfing my entire body yeah just outside of your field of view yeah jesus christ yeah and uh that's not fun not fun at all nope not good shit anybody i'm i'm sure that anybody that actually goes there they get off the island and immediately go to the closest catholic church in italy oh my god I would bring and holy water with me. Absolutely. Locals still to this day, again, don't like talking about the island. They don't even like going in the waters near the island. Um, they believe that it's completely cursed and will forever be cursed. I heard that some private buyer, I think was in 2017. I didn't care to write down his name because they literally like he bought it and nobody knows what he's trying to do with it. Somebody said that he was trying to make an upscale resort out of it, but again, like, do, serious? do do they do people not watch horror movies? What does he not understand about Cursed Island? And Cursed Island d- Resort does not have a good ring to it. No, it doesn't. Not at all. 
I personally think what the dude's probably going to do is open it up to like tourists. He's probably going to and just and play off of it being haunted. Well, here's what I which would which kind of bums me out because that all those spirits just need a fucking break, right? Right. And that's the thing is that like that is their home. They belong there. They deserve to to have that space. Mhm. I mean, especially after all the suffering they've been through. And I know a lot of people. Initially my thought, I was just like, I wonder if the island could be cleansed. And then I was like, that would take a lot. It would be a lot. It would be a lot of prayer and and cleansing. And that would literally take like a lot of all, all of the spiritual leaders a lot of, of Palo the Santo. world of all religions. But then I was thinking about it and I was just like, well, those spirits deserve to have a place to be. I mean, if they want to move on, like it would be nice to facilitate that. But the other thing, too, is that I've heard of hauntings where people have tried to like evict a spirit or an entity out of their house and they've worked with mediums and psychics who are like they don't want to leave right and they shouldn't have to right so i mean i just feel like it's like they lived here before you they were here before you yeah and i feel like whoever tries to set up like a resort or an attraction on that island is going to be harshly haunted D- and disappointed yeah or disembodied wow i'm not even joking yeah it, no i don't happen. i don't expect that to end well I just had this scenario in my head of like pulling up to the island in a little speedboat and there's guards like looking like they're guarding the island. But then you walk closer to them and they're like, please get me off. <laughs> they're just like, please, me. please they, let me come back on your boat. They close their eyelids and it's written on their eyelids. Help me. Oh, your posture tells me that's the end. <laughs> it is. Uh, that is the end of Pavalia oh, Island. Shit. I need a pee. Okay. It's potty time. It's potty Okay, I'm going. Do it, sissy. Here we go. For some reason, I'm like, I'm just like all cheerful that I'm done with mine. I know. It made me sad, but I feel like I'm about to just get yeah, sad again. Shit's not going to get any better. <laughs> She's like, yeah, do it, sissy. Tell Ooh. me an elegant tale. Oh, uh, yeah, no. And it's not. It's, it's, it's not mm-mm. the bunny. No, it's not the bunny. <laughs> all right. So this is the story of Amelia Carr. Amelia Carr was born... Amelia Yera, she was the second of three sisters. As a child, Amelia was physically and sexually abused by her father. Oh. I know. She, her You're sister, right. yeah, it, yeah. It things doesn't just get right off the bat, things aren't the best. Her younger sister was born with multiple birth defects, and Amelia basically took on the role of like mother and protector. Oh. I know, yeah, but she was the whole time like enduring this like sexual abuse from her father. Amelia had initially made a report through her school, but when they asked her to officially talk to the authorities, she withdrew the report. Like she told her teacher and her teacher got police involved and she was like, nope, I was lying to my teacher. She was like, never mind. So it continued to happen until basically the age of 15 when she finally actually went to the authorities and reported the sexual abuse. So while her father was in county jail, he attempted to contract a hit on his daughters and his wife to basically, yeah, to basically have the family killed to escape charges. At that point, when the family found out, they like withdrew the charges. But at that, by that time, he was caught on solicitation for murder. So good. Yeah. So he was imprisoned on those charges. Like around what year or time this is? This is around 2000. Oh, well, this is around like 2004, 2000. I don't I don't know why I wanted it to be a lot older. 
Yeah. Like, no, for some is, reason, that makes it less horrible. Yeah, this is in 15 years ago. Basically, it's a small town. It's in Marion County, Florida. And it's in, like, Boardman, which is this tiny town in the middle of Florida. She's so humiliated by all of these rumors. Everybody knew what had happened. Rumors were circulating about her family and her father. And she eventually dropped out of high school. She never returned to school. Even as a high school dropout, though, her IQ was estimated to be around 125, which is wow. well above average. Wow. Um, yeah. Regardless, at age 17, she became pregnant and married her first husband. They had one child together. Due to Amelia's inability to form emotional attachments, probably from suffering years of abuse at the hands of her father, the marriage fell apart and she became more and more promiscuous and detached. She had a child with another man. At one point, Amelia had married another man. There's like nothing really about this, but she had married another man who involved her in an elaborate grand theft plot Whoa. of exotic birds. <laughs> How random. Yeah. So That's she, nonsense. Yeah. She was sentenced with a two-year probation for involvement in that. So that was her first and only run-in with the law until later on. Amelia met Josh Fulgham around the middle of 2007. Fulgham had been with his uh, on-again, off-again girlfriend, Heather Strong, for about 10 years, and they had two children together. People who knew the couple basically said that it was like your typical dysfunctional relationship where he was violent and angry and aggressive, and he was just a bully and had anger issues. And Heather would like leave him and see other people and then come back and then he would leave and see other people. So he regularly beat and threatened her uh, pretty much all the time. Amelia and Josh became involved on a strictly sexual basis at first while he was, quote unquote, on a break from Heather. Oh, whoa. Yeah. But their relationship became more and more involved. And eventually Amelia revealed to Josh that she was carrying his child. And is this where shit hits the fan? Shit hits the fan. So Josh goes out and buys a ring and in November of 2008 proposes to Amelia, but oh. instead... Oh, he wasn't married to Heather. No. Oh, okay. They were just long time, like they'd been together for 11 years at this point. They had like kids some, together. Some Jerry Springer shit. It's, yeah. So he buys a ring, he proposes to Amelia, but instead he marries Heather one month later in December. Oh, The day after wow. Christmas. Yeah. Okay. So the ring that he bought for Amelia, he goes and proposes to Heather at that time. For six months before that, Heather had been moved in with a friend of theirs, Benjamin McCollum. They had been really happy. Friends were like, she was finally moving on. Josh was a thing of the past. And, and she got sucked right back in. And, he, and then he proposed to her. He proposes to her. He goes back to his house and tells Amelia, like, our relationship is over. Get your kids and get the fuck out. Amelia is, like, at this point, seven months pregnant with his child. She's telling her friends and family. She's like, I don't know what I'm going to do without him. I love him. I'm carrying his baby. This, that, and the other thing. And two months later, Josh points a shotgun at Heather during oh. a heated argument. Um, and Heather presses charges for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Good. I was going to say, like, heated arguments don't really escalate. That's really, that yeah, far. It's a little bit further on, but, like, that's, well, I mean, that that's further than a heated argument. I mean, I'm angry that sometimes the dishes aren't done and I'm the one that does them, but I ain't going to pull a shotgun. Right. I can't imagine, like, he's just, like, he's so fucking, guys like this, I was looking at pictures of him, too, and I just, like, it just reminded me of, like, 
every entitled, shitty, middle-aged white man that I've ever come across that just thinks women are property and... Yeah, I feel like there's certain looks about some people that just give off those vibes. He had that look and he had those like angry little beady eyes. You can see a picture of him. Like you can just look up Amelia Carr. There are pictures of Josh Fulgham littered throughout the articles and things like that. For some reason, I'm picturing (laughs) Mr. Bobbitt. Kind of, but blonde. Yeah. Yeah. That same vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe Josh just needed his dick lobbed off. Apparently. I mean, really, probably would have taken him down a couple pegs. So anyway, he he points out. (laughs) Took him down a a peg. One peg. (laughs) So Josh was held in the county jail for 30 days. Upon being released, threatened Heather at knife point to drop the charges. She ends up dropping the charges, but basically informed him that she would be leaving for good with the kids. A week before his release, she had moved in with another mutual friend. They also began dating, and she had planned to relocate back to Mississippi with her children and live with her family there. Weirdly enough, Heather and Amelia were kind of like on friendly terms. Like they knew of each other and communicated really often. I I mean, I can see that where it's like you have say that like you're dating a shitty guy and then the ex reaches out going, hey, he's really shitty. I know how shitty he is. Right. Do you want to talk about it? Well, and that's exactly what was happening is that they would like often like talk to each other. Like instead of hating each other, they banded together. Right. And like Amelia would like babysit both of their kids. Like basically their their connecting like factor was Josh. So they're like on friendly terms. Heather tells Amelia like I'm planning on leaving him. I'm going to go back to Mississippi with my family. And while Josh is in prison, Amelia is visiting him often or while he's in county jail conniving right so So she's like off to the side whispering like you should just leave leave josh leave josh and then as soon as she does like amelia is gonna swoop in i'm not sure so while fulgham was in jail amelia was visiting him often and they basically like rekindled their relationship so he gets out or no before he gets out josh was incarcerated amelia is basically asking heather to write a letter on his behalf, like asking him to be freed, like he shouldn't have to serve this jail sentence, something like that. And she refused uh, uh, on one on one occasion, like Amelia is asking her, like, please write this letter. Heather's like, uh, no, he deserves to be there. He's going to stay there. At, at this point, Heather's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. According to a mutual friend, Amelia flies into a violent rage and grabs Heather by the hair and starts hitting her. Uh, yeah. And this whole time, like Amelia's super pregnant. Jesus. Like a, a friend had to like restrain her by putting her in a chokehold. Oh, yeah. Full Nelson. So, yeah. So apparently these people are not. Lloyd, that's not full Nelson. I don't know. He's he's got her in a chokehold. Yeah. So, I mean, these people clearly aren't very stable. It is exactly like a Jerry Springer episode. So one night in February of 2009, Heather is a waitress and she left work after her shift at the Iron Skillet and was never heard from again. Shit. Her family had been pretty much in constant contact with her since Josh was arrested on aggravated assault charges. Heather had been silent for about a week and her family reported her to the authorities as missing because they called her work. She hadn't been showing up for her shifts. Nobody was seeing her. So they report her missing. The authorities immediately arrest Josh Fulgham on the basis of fraud because... After she went missing, he continued using her debit cards. Oh, great. Right. 
and they began to question him about his wife's disappearance. So he had been in questioning for like six hours and he's denying it, denying it, denying it. He's like, I can't believe she took off with my kids or like she I'm, took off. I'm she sure left her children here. And I'm sure he's just like, fuck that bitch. I'm just using her debit card. Right. He's just like, I, he was like, she left a note and said that, she, you know, she was, she left and I can't believe she left me with the kids and this is so terrible and this, that, and the other thing. And basically kept denying it, kept denying it. And investigators just weren't buying it. They were like, you know where she is. We know you know where she is. So they're holding him and, you know, and they're detaining him and, and questioning him and tightening the screws and they're pressing down. Finally, he says, if you let me see my mother, I'll tell you where Heather is. He got a tattoo on his arm that said mom. Probably. Not cousin. <laughs> Not cousin. So he leads uh, crossed out Heather, crossed out Amelia, now it's his mom. Now it's just mom. The only woman that won't let him down. So she was buried in a shallow grave on the property of Amelia Carr's mother, Maria. Yes. So he leads them to Maria's mother's property. Towards the back of the property, they have a double-wide trailer that the family used as storage. And right by the trailer covered in gravel and plywood and in a fresh shallow grave uh heather was stuffed into a suitcase oh god and buried there uh it was later revealed that the grave was meant to be temporary and josh had planned to move her at a future date what the fuck yeah so immediately Josh implicated that Amelia was the murderer. So investigators bring Amelia in for questioning and they're, they're asking her all these questions. She's consistently denying that she committed the murder, but her story keeps changing from she was there and something happened or she wasn't there at all or like something happened and Josh did it or we weren't involved. Josh wasn't involved. We're both innocent. At one point when they pressed her really bad, they were like, oh, we didn't do it, but we know these two guys that did it. And yeah, and and she like implicated that Josh didn't kill her, but he put out a hit on her and these are the two people that did it. What the hell? So they're following all of these fucking leads that she's throwing out left and right. I mean, and at this point, they're probably just like, okay, we're just going to find the one that's most believable and still charge her. Right. So they're just like, but they, they still don't have anything like solid to charge her with. So they get Josh's sister involved. They tell his sister, we know that Josh is guilty. We're trying to get your help. We know Amelia has a part in this, but we need her to confess. It's like, tell your brother that it'll be easier if he just, like, gives her up. Well, that's the thing, is that, like, Josh the entire time was like, I didn't want to kill her, Amelia killed her. Like, Amelia did this, and Amelia did that. And he's completely implicating that, like, Amelia killed her, Amelia killed her. And, you know, at one point, Amelia's like, well, Josh killed her, but I wasn't there. Or, like, Josh didn't do it. I didn't do it. Nobody did it. We don't know where Heather is. So, Josh's sister, they bugged her car and basically said, we need you to go pick up Amelia for a drive. (gasps) They instructed her to drive Amelia to a park and, like, try to have a heart-to-heart with her. And I was listening to the tapes, and Josh's sister says, I already heard everything from Josh, but... I need to hear it from you, what happened. So Amelia basically confesses to the entire thing. 
and put a bag over her head. You tried to snap her neck, that didn't work. You did. He didn't see any other way out, so. I mean, how many more times was he around? But why, but why would you, why would you try to break her neck? That's going to be quick and painless. How they did it, what they did, when they did it, why they did it. She confesses to everything. So she drops her off at home. And later that day, Amelia is pulled in again for a confession. The two detectives, uh, Bowie and Spivey. Those oh, are, those are last names. They're not they're not first names. <laughs> I know. But like, imagine somebody coming coming in being like, I'm Detective Spivey. Right. Or me, Bowie. Spivey. It, it just it sounds like imaginary friend names. It really, I, my friend Bowie, Spivey with a V. Oh, Spivey, yeah, even better. I mean, not e- not really like <laughs> any less fantastical. <laughs> the high quality names, indeed. They pull her in and they're questioning her, and she's again coming up with all these lies. And one of them looks at the other, and he was like, "Should we open Pandora's box right now?" And he's like, "Yeah, I think we should." And it's like they know they're being taped, so they're being like super smug about it, but. They basically, they're like, we heard everything you said to Josh's sister. Amelia basically says, like, I only told her those things so that I could get truth from her to give to the prosecutors. I didn't do any of it. I I was just, I was just getting her to tell me more, which it was very clear that, like, that's not the case at all. I wasn't out there. I think it's time for we open Pandora's box, at least from our end. And you need to do it on the record. Today, you had a conversation with Josh's sister. That conversation was recorded totally. You, out of your own mouth, admitted to being there. Tell me what happened. You've already admitted to it. You've gotten over that hurdle. You have admitted to killing someone. No. I admitted to you. I said that in their work, he killed her. Were you there? On the record? Everything, Everything is on the record. from here on out is on the record. You were there when she died. <clears throat> you told that girl today you tried to break her neck. Is that right? Then you have something to say that's not the same as what Josh said? Excuse me. Now's the time. Don't give, give us that respect. Don't nod. Is that right? Yeah, on tape. Is that right? I'm not talking to you in sign language. I know. I'm talking to you person to person, respectively. I don't want to assume that you nodded your head, but is that right that you were there with Josh when Heather took her last breath? Yes. I can't hear you. Yes. What the hell? Yeah, so she's lying some more. Not very well. Yeah. So she eventually comes up with this full confession that she gives the detectives in the interrogation room and later on tells the jury that she made it up because she was hoping that she could get her kids back. So she made up a fake confession. That does make one single sense. I know. They say that I they I dare say that's complete nonsense. That is not even high. That's low quality nonsense. Yeah, that's low quality nonsense. So, not even the good shit. Here's what happened. The night Heather left work, Josh called her and basically lured her to the trailer on Amelia's family property and told her that 
While he and Amelia were dating, he had stashed a bunch of money in the trailer and needed her help looking for it. So once once Josh and Heather were inside the trailer, Amelia, at this point, heavily pregnant with Josh's child, enters the trailer a few minutes later. And at this point, Heather knows something is wrong. Very wrong. Right. Very, very wrong. So she attempts to escape, but Josh wrestles her to the ground and forces her into an office chair that was in the trailer. Her arms and torso are duct taped to the chair and her legs are duct taped together. Heather's begging to be released and she keeps telling him, like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. She wants to be freed and he forces her to sign a letter releasing full custody of their children to him that he had drafted before he got there. Obviously premeditated. With the help of his mom. His mother. His mother helped him draft this letter. I doubt she knew that that was going to happen. Or but his mom maybe helped she him. did. <laughs> Potentially. So his mother. Maybe the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Ooh, that's a, I bet. Holy shit. Probably a real fucked up family. He forces her into an office chair, makes her sign a letter. Uh, after she has signed the letter, he basically is just like verbally attacking her. Like he keeps, like she keeps telling him like, I'm claustrophobic, I'm claustrophobic. And Josh is basically like, yeah, I'm claustrophobic too, but she still made me spend 30 days in county jail. He takes a flashlight that Heather, not Heather, but Amelia had been using and hits her, hits Heather over the head until the flashlight breaks. Wow. So thinking that this was going to kill her, Heather is still alive. And so Amelia then twice attempted to break Heather's neck, but she was not strong enough. My God. At that point, they decided to use a garbage bag to asphyxiate Heather. So they put the bag over her head and they tighten the bag around her neck with duct tape. And Josh uses his hand to cover Heather's nose and mouth until she passes away. (gasps) Yeah. So she passes away. They don't bury her in that shallow grave until two days later. So they leave her in the trailer for two days in Florida. Then they take her out and put her in the suitcase that had been in the trailer. Amelia, in later interviews, basically says that she had to take care of, like, the entire burial. Like, had when they took the garbage bag off, like, Josh couldn't look at her. He couldn't look at the body. He couldn't look at her face. He, like, made her wrap a blanket around her head. Remorse something but so Amelia's like I had to take care of everything because Josh kept like throwing up and couldn't look at her and didn't want to touch her and so I had to put her in the suitcase and bury her myself and we put like rocks and plywood over it so that even if like you dug down you wouldn't see the suitcase immediately and basically just like tried they just like the whole thing was just so like badly done not that there's a good way to commit a murder but just like right the whole thing was just so badly done what were those hillbilly names that you made up billy and turlene yeah that's I basically what this a, was it's a job that billy and turlene probably would have done it's exactly what somebody named billy and turlene would have done so during the trial emilia goes to trial uh several witnesses come up to the stand to testify that Amelia had asked them if they would kill or knew somebody who was willing to kill Heather. Wow. For $500. Wow. Yeah. She's offering money to people, like several witnesses, 
not just like a couple dudes, like several people. That is a turlane for you. Were like Amelia approached me and asked me if I'd be willing to take care of Heather and like outright or outright asked, would you be willing to murder this person? And was only offering them like five hundred dollars. What the fuck? Yeah. And this isn't like nineteen twenty. Like f- five hundred dollars wasn't you know. This was in early two thousand. No, yeah, this was in the mid two thousands. So anyway, fucking Florida. They. No offense, Florida, but I've been <laughs> hearing some crazy shit lately. I mean, Florida, come on. So, so she had to take care of it, right? So she had to take care of everything during the trial. They played the tapes from the car. They played several different interrogation tapes. They played every tape where Amelia changed her story. There was no actual physical evidence. There was no fingerprints. There was no hair. There was nothing that would physically implicate that Amelia was there. Did they all? Did they get her on circumstantial evidence? They got her strictly on circumstantial evidence. Good. The tapes were played. The DA was just like, I don't even need evidence. She buried herself. Right. So, I mean, like, she... I know that they say her IQ is, like, above average, but at one point, she reveals details of the murder basically down to what Heather was wearing and what suitcase she had been buried in and what the blanket looked like that had been used to cover her face was, like, saying that she made that confession up. And I'm like, girl... I don't think she's very smart. She's... I don't know... Why they believe she was so intelligent. Or maybe she's just really good at like science and math, but when it came to just real life and yeah, common maybe just sense, like maybe she's just out. a fucking idiot. I don't know. So even with just circumstantial evidence, it only took jurors two hours to deliver a guilty verdict. And the state attorney, who was the lead prosecutor on the case, heavily recommended the death penalty. Hmm. So the jury comes back to deliver a guilty verdict on charges of kidnapping and first-degree murder and followed the recommendation of the death penalty. Oh, my God. Judge Willard Pope sentenced Amelia to life imprisonment for the kidnapping, and he sentenced her to the death penalty on February 22nd, 2011. That's nuts. I mean, I'm... So only... For me, I don't know how I feel about the death penalty, let alone, like, I've been a part of a jury once. Imagine if... It was up to you that somebody had to die. I mean, and they only took two hours to to do it, too. They were like, yeah, we find her guilty. Give her the death penalty. Yeah, I mean, somebody that's so evil like that, that can perform something like that and do something like that. Yeah, I mean, imagine that, like, I don't know. I still I think I would struggle with it being like, well, I don't want to be a killer. I know. Well, and then basically, like, her defense mitigator had tried to humanize her throughout the trial because i mean circumstantially she was found incredibly guilty but at some point it was he talked about her childhood yeah he talked yeah. about how she was raised how she doesn't really have uh, what had happened emotional connections yada right. yada uh one of only 63 women in history that had been put to death row wow and she was one of three women in florida that had been on death row Here's the shitty part. Oh. Not not that, you know, the rest of the part was sunshine, but Josh was found guilty also of first degree murder and kidnapping and was sentenced to life imprisonment with possibility of parole. What? How? I don't know. His trial was Yeah. Do do yeah. we do we even know like do um, do we know if he got on parole? Let me see. 
Let's let's check it out. From what I can see, what can you see? Mm, I don't think so. Good. I'd be absolutely appalled if he got out on parole. Right. He did. He pled guilty. I think that was what it was, is that he pled guilty. I don't know if Amelia Carr pled guilty, because I think what usually happens in like... uh, He took a plea deal. Yeah. I think he took a plea deal and uh, they were like, we can... Amelia. Yeah, they were like, we can give you life without death penalty if you plead guilty, Um, which usually is what happens with if you say that she did it and she's 100% guilty and that you're guilty. Right. Then we won't kill you. Right. Sounds about right. I watch a lot of criminal criminal minds, law and order. Law and order really gets into that. Yeah. Turns out Josh is not out on parole. Good. Right. And... Amelia Carr's sentence was commuted to life imprisonment without possibility of parole in 2016. So, oh, so she's not dead. Yeah. So she spent she spent five years on death row before being moved to general population for life imprisonment. Golly. Yeah. But there is the possibility of Josh getting out on parole at some point. He probably will change his identity. Nobody will know who he is, but he will walk free. Screw that guy. Yeah, super screw that guy. I mean, screw both of them for sure. But I like, feel like I feel like maybe he won't. I feel like when they say, oh, you can have the possibility of parole if you plead guilty, but then they're going to be like, yeah, the possibility is 0.0000000. Right, he'll have to like chance. apply for parole and all of that other stuff. The thing is, is that like the possibility of parole is there. So if he gets lucky and he gets the right person handling his case, somebody could be like, Oh, yeah, we'll let you out on good behavior. Wow. That doesn't I mean, make- it sucks. Like, I kind of feel for Amelia. I know that doesn't sound right, but like... She had a shitty life. She had a shitty life. I think life. we're touching base back on like the Mary Bell yeah. incident. It's fucked up because these people did fucked up things. But is it lack of nurture or is it their nature? Right. Yeah. The lifelong argument. I... It's so like, hard even to if she, like Even if she was loved, would she turn out to be a fucking psychopath? Right. And I I just like, yeah, she's got this like, she's above average intelligence, which, you know, that saying where they're like people with high IQs tend to go crazy more often or go more crazy. Hey, Faith, and then, you're pretty smart. I know. Well, be careful. I've already did my crazies. Hmm. But like, and then she gets involved. She can't feel any like emotional attachment to people because of what her father's done to her. Right. And her own father has. Well, I feel like, like the brain after a while literally makes these roadblocks. Right. Just so you can survive. Yeah. So she's she's been like, she's been abused like by the age of 16. She's been sexually abused for over a decade has had to care for her sister who has like spina bifida and all of these other birth defects is like mothering her own sister while her mother is doing god knows what fucking who knows and after all that not being a mother finds out finds out that her own father has tried to contract somebody to murder her family jesus so like by the age of 24 she gets involved with this josh guy after having being promiscuous, being married twice, probably not in the best relationships. Things just fall apart. All of a sudden, she's uh, seven months pregnant in this knows? trailer, stuffing a body into a suitcase. 
it's all messed up. I just, there's so many fucking twists and turns. It wasn't necessarily revenge, but it is definitely like one of the crazier murder stories about like betrayal and jealousy and, you know, this man who says that he loves her, buys her a ring, proposes to her, is engaged to her, and then literally one month later tells her to get the fuck out of his house and he's going to marry another woman. Right. Well, I feel like a part of it's a little revengey because, and again, psychopath tendencies were like Amelia befriended Heather, probably plotted all this shit out in her brain. Like, I'm going to befriend her. I'm going to get close to her while I'm seeing Josh on the side and I'm going to fuck her over by freeing Josh and being with him. I didn't get that vibe. Like, I I didn't get the vibe of like being close to Heather because she wanted to kill her. I got like the vibe of like, she is basically finding attachment and love wherever she can. Oh. And that might come from a fucking redneck with an anger problem and his girlfriend. Everybody or, be, and his wife. be afraid of the Amelia's out there. Be afraid of the Josh's out there. And the, what is it? The Turlene's. Turlene's. Oh my God. <sighs> All right. All right. What did we learn today? <laughs> uh, be afraid of Turlene's. Don't catch the plague. Don't don't buy a cursed island. Yeah, it's not going to get you anywhere or anything. Don't drink wine from the general area of Pavalia because it's probably made from dead people. Yep. Uh, haunted wine. Cursed wine. Don't drink cursed wine from Pavalia. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. I mean, man. I just... Okay, so now now we're afraid of wine. Yeah. We won't swim. Can't swim in the ocean. Won't go out in the forest. Can't go to the forest because of the rake. Yeah, no wine, no that, no that. Um, Pretty sure I'm afraid of extremely intelligent little children now. Yep. What else are we afraid of now? Don't take your husband back after you've already left him. Yeah, don't do that. If you're going to leave your husband, don't fucking tell him about it. Right. Just go. Yeah. Oh, just and get out. Uh, I'm sure at this point, guys out there are just like, I'm afraid of Lorena's. Right. Don't. But also, don't treat your lady like don't shit. Don't rape your wife and then fall asleep. Yeah. Your dick's going missing. Yeah. And don't be shocked about it either. Yeah, right? Don't wake up all surprised when your dick's gone. Hmm. If you're a dirtbag. <laughs> I didn't see this coming. <laughs> I just had it. All right. Whoo! Are you ready? We're going to, so we're doing this new thing. Um, it was my idea, was and Casey's I feel really idea. good about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really good idea Casey had, where we were trying to figure I, out a good I way idea. to end our podcast. Yeah, I didn't like that voice. That was, <laughs> good Lord. I did not like that voice. You said I'm the witch. <laughs> okay, so tell us your idea, Casey. Oh, yay. So me and Faith have been struggling about how we're going to end our podcasts, because a lot of people do... A lot of different things to end the podcast. They look up like horoscopes or they tell a joke or they they just do something. And Faith was like, well, what do we do? And it literally only took me a second. We like sat in silence for a second. I went, hey, what if I bought a bunch of fortune cookies? And then at the end of every episode, we both break open a fortune cookie and read our fortune. And then we can collect all the fortunes. And maybe we can like sign them and signature them and send them out in little postcards you could we could send them out for listener support yeah 
and oh, we'll tape it to a postcard. We did eat a couple just because I I think we both really like fortune cookies. For, like yeah, like I don't why understand. why are they good? <laughs> I don't know why they're good, but they are. I know people like I've seen people they're just like they break the fortune cookie open and then they don't eat it. They like throw it away. Which yeah, I'm just like and hey. I'm like, what are you doing? That's delicious. Like even in I remember this episode of Rugrats. And you remember how, like, Angelica was obsessed with cookies? Yeah. So she gets a fortune cookie, and she, like, breaks the cookie open, takes out the fortune, and then throws the cookie away. And I was just like, I'm sorry. Did I miss something? I thought Angelica loved cookies. Like, Apparently I just, not these. I don't know why. Like, nobody eats the cookie. Do, do you I, guys eat the cookie? I, I eat love the cookie. the cookie. I fucking it's, love it. Well, it's like a it's like a cookie and a cracker, and it's, it's folded. And it looks like a clam. I don't know. It it's just something. You something turn it about sideways, it. and then it's Pac Man. Like, how can you not like it? I know. There's everything's okay. Well, I'm gonna grab one. Okay, so I tell us one. if you eat the cookie. Email us. Yeah, tell us. Email us, or you can Facebook us, or yeah, make a Facebook post, yep. or you know what? I'll make a poll. Tag us. As soon as we launch this episode, I'm gonna make a poll, being like. Do you eat the cookie? Do you eat the cookie? Do you? Oh, wait. First, tell them, tell them what fortune that you cracked open. Ugh, so <laughs> we'll probably post a video, but we had cracked open a couple of them earlier. And uh, Casey, what was yours? I forget. I forgot too. But it, she had like this deep, like meaningful fortune. And then. Oh, yeah. It was like um, friends are gifts from yourself friends are a present you give to yourself that's right thanks friends and then i opened mine and it was like promote literacy buy a box of fortune cookies today (laughs) and i was like i got a fucking advertisement (laughs) like i would have been like (laughs) well also it's like how do you think that i got these fucking cookies right i was also like well you want me to buy more it's like a post advertisement also we got them in a big post purchase bag yeah it wasn't they're literally just sort of like they're not individually. They're like tossed in a bag. Yeah. I love they're it. They're just sort of like in a bag. It's, it is what it is. <laughs> it's a sack of fortune cookies. It's a, like it's a sack. It's huge. <laughs> I don't even know how many are in here. But yeah, Casey, like immediately as she had that idea, she like looked them up online and she was just like, there, well, let's get these ones because like uh, she read a couple of like the sample, yeah, the sample like the, fortunes was, and they were pretty cool. Well, I like looked down in the reviews and you know how people take pictures. I'm like, oh, I bet somebody took a couple pictures of their fortunes fortunes and instead it was just like a no shit advice (laughs) where one of them just said don't panic it's like what i mean if i read that i would like immediately look behind my shoulder like don't what do you mean i know don't panic about what they're like don't panic well you know what and then i would just start panicking (laughs) i know i would immediately do opposite of what that cookie had told me. right so she ordered those ones well and then there was another one that said be cautious while walking through the darkness alone and, and I'm just and like, just holy like, yeah, shit, duh. I need to buy these. <laughs> and okay, then, I, okay. yeah. And then she was like, wait, oh, we could just go to the store and get, and I was like, oh, wait, you can go shopping in real life. <laughs> I don't have to wait for packages. Holy shit. <laughs> Which I did end up buying those, but then I realized <laughs> what I really wanted to do was a recording today and still crack open. Wow. Crack open a cookie. All right. Will you go first? Okay, here we go. Oh, I'm going to try to get the sound. Ooh, I that's damn. Gonna, I bet that's gonna be a good. good I think sound it is bit. gonna be a good one. Wow, they really like to. Hug I know. <laughs> really contours to the fortune. Okay. Oh, I don't like this. Ooh, read it. The gift is not as precious as the thought. 
Oh, wait, as, oh, I thought that it says as they thought. And I'm like, oh, as oh they? God, who's they? they? I'm like, oh, Faith doesn't like her present. <laughs> as precious as they thought. Yeah, the gift is not as precious as the thought. Well, Which that's true. You're welcome. That really turned it around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad it wasn't that as, ominous. I'm going to take a little pen and just like put they on it. <laughs> put a Y on there. <laughs> All right, my turn. Yes. Okay. Oh, my fortune came out really easy. Easy fortune. Easy fortune. Oh, well, yeah. This one's this one's just a fact about me. I don't know how this cookie made it into my hand, but it was made it was meant to be. My fortune says you have a basic need for solitude some of the time. <laughs> just some of the time. Well, I mean that's everybody, but I mean like they could have just ended it at solitude. I think it just sensed that I've been constantly bothering you on your like days I off. Think, every, I think every day this off. cookie just knew that we've been spending 30 hours a week together. Hey, I told you if you want to just be alone, have a lone day, let me know. Well, shit. Now that I know you can clean my apartment in two minutes, let's just hang out all the time. Now you'll never be alone. <laughs> and or in a messy place. No, that's true. Sissy to the rescue again. Again. All right. Well, guys, um, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you for stopping by. You're high quality people. Yay. Again, you can find us on Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram at HQN Podcast. Uh, please email us at HQNPodcast at gmail.com. I want to hear all about your petty revenge. I want to hear all about your creepy stories. Well, Casey wants to hear about your creepy stories. Uh, personal ghost stories and whatever paranormal craziness that you got. Right. I want to hear if you eat the cookie. We just want to hear from you guys. If you're listening and you have feedback, if you have input, please drop us a line. We would really appreciate it. Tag us in your posts. Um, come find us on Facebook. Also, feel feel free to share our posts too. Yeah. Feel free to share us, like us, review us on iTunes, Google Play. We're available anywhere that you get your podcast. We're just so stoked. I am. I'm really stoked. Here. Definitely share our posts because Facebook has been bothering me saying you can spend $30 and reach 3000 people and i'm yeah, just I'd rather like not. i yeah thanks i mean i'm good i'm poor I, i'm not going to lie like if i had it i probably would just to see what would happen right all right okay you're high quality people and this is high, high quality, quality nonsense. nonsense bye good night